time for the Retirement Roadmap Podcast with registered financial consultant, Glenn Mosseller. Thanks for joining us for another edition of the Retirement Roadmap Podcast. I'm Walter Storholt here alongside Glenn Mosseller, registered financial consultant and the founder and president of Roadmap Financial Consulting with an office in Greensboro on Mears Chapel Road. You can find us online by going to greensbororetirement.com. On today's program, we're talking about financial luck and not how you can get lucky in the financial world, but rather how you can eliminate luck from the equation by taking some simple but very proactive and and important steps. Uh, Glenn, before we dive into today's program, I know that you're a big believer in this, trying to eliminate luck from the equation and making sure that we're just making solid choices in our financial lives. Well, that's exactly right, Walter. I mean, we don't, like you say, we don't want to rely on luck. We don't want to just say, well, hopefully it works out. I mean, we want to be, we want to be taking proactive steps, making sure that we're doing things that uh, make sense and create the, uh, you know, a financial future that that is predictable and that you know can last the test of time and, and, and not just kind of a roll of the dice, so to speak. Yeah, I think that's a really good thing to point out. So here are some of the tips to follow to make this happen and eliminate luck from the equation. A great starting tip, I think, Glenn, will be to invest a little time and energy to educate yourself about your financial options. Thomas Jefferson once said, I'm a great believer in luck, and I find the harder I work, the more I have of it. (laughs) In other words, uh, the hard work eliminates that luck, doesn't it? Well, that's just it. I think Thomas Jefferson (laughs) has a good point there, right? I mean, you know, it is. It's the harder you work, the luckier you are. And and, um, that's true, I think, in all phases of life. And, you know, the thing we we talk about, I mean, you want to be aware of what your options are and some basic concepts. And, And what I mean by basic concepts is, you know, you really need to understand how how different, you know, as you're approaching, you know, the retirement years and then when you make that transition into the retirement years, how much different that is than it is in the saving years. You know, you go through the accumulation phase and you're saving and saving and saving for retirement. But once you get there or you're just about there, you know, you, you have two different phases. We have to go through the, you know, the preservation phase and the distribution phase. And those are significantly different. And so we need to, we need to have strategies that are, you know, applied to the phase of life that you're in. And in essence, most people have saved that, you know, their money through time for retirement. And they really need to create, you know, a, an income plan or maybe, you know, as we would maybe say, you know, creating your own pension plan out of what you've saved because I mean, most people don't have a pension. But if they do have a pension, then they still typically will have additional resources. And it's kind of like a second paycheck, if you will. Yeah, I think that's important to remember. So invest that little bit of time and energy to educate yourself on your financial options. That will certainly go a long way to eliminating just needing to get lucky in retirement. Something else worth mentioning here, Glenn, is to look at your budget closely and find areas where you can easily get spending under control. Not a lot of people like to take advantage of that tip. It's not really a fun thing to do, but gosh, does it open up a whole world of possibilities. And it's usually, I would imagine, pretty helpful for folks to take that introspective look there. Well, it is, Walter. And, you know, and, you know, nobody likes the word budget and nobody likes the word diet. I mean, they're kind of like the same, you know, in terms of cutting back. And it's a good way know, to look and, at and it. The, yeah. The, the key is, is that you, you, know, you really you really want to make sure that that you have, you know, you have reasonable expectations. Right. 
you know, you don't want to, you know, just kind of put yourself in a, you know, in a, in a, and lock yourself up to a prison with handcuffs and say, well, I can't ever do anything. But you need to just be aware of, you know, of, of what you have and how to make sure that that's going to last and have a plan that you know that, you know, okay, I'm safe to, you know, to do this or to spend that. But, um, you know, you, you really just you need, need to be aware of, of how you're going to go about, you know, having income and also spending. And, you know, it, it's not really that hard to do. I mean, most people have done it throughout their lives. And it's just kind of taking a, a step back and just, you know, evaluating it and see, you know, hey, are there areas where, you know, I really am just going to, you know, maybe I'm not as efficient as I would like to be and maybe as I should be. And, you know, just look those things over. You know, might be might be some expenditures around the house. You know, I mean, a lot of times people, you know, they, they kind of forget the fact that they've got all these extra channels maybe on the on the cable and they could cut this one on, you know, this particular, you know, section out and, and save a few dollars here. And, you know, maybe there's something extra. You know, on, on their on their cell phone, that they're getting additional fees and charges, and you know, they just kind of go through all the things that that, that you're spending money on. And typically, you're going to find, you know, you're going to find some places where you know some efficiency can you know can come into play that you're going to put yourself in a better place. And you're not necessarily really you know turning your lifestyle back necessarily. It might just be, hey, you know, I just wasn't paying attention, and you know, when I was working and I was so busy, you know, some extra money kind of fell through the cracks, and now I can really just kind of dial it back a little bit and make sure that, you know, what I am spending money on is, you know, are, are things that I really want and need. Great point. So get that spending under control, and it will make sure that you have a lot more options as you open up into your retirement years. Another great tip if you're looking to eliminate luck from the equation of financial planning is to take advantage of your employer's 401k match. To some, that seems like a no-brainer, Glenn, but to others, they overlook that opportunity. It's always worth mentioning. Oh, you're no question, Walter. I mean, that's like free money, right? I mean, the you know when when the employer is going to match, you know, you definitely want to make sure that you take advantage of that. You know, there's some debate as to whether or not you should contribute, you know, beyond that. But certainly, at the very least, you know, you want to you want to take advantage of the fact that you know that they're paying you extra money. I mean, that's part of as part of your you know your salary and your benefits package is to be able to get that match. And so you certainly want to take advantage of it because you know you're gonna you're gonna certainly need that money more. More, you know, later on than, you know, in most cases than you need it right now. And especially when it's just extra money that, that all you've got to do is make a contribution and then they, in essence, it, you know, it, it gets matched. I mean, how can you beat that? Yeah, it's hugely important to remember these things, I think. And uh, you can't beat free 100% return on your money, which is what you get when that employer matches those funds. So do take advantage of those opportunities. This, again, seems like basic, but always worth talking about and mentioning. Have an emergency fund on standby. Don't pilfer from it when it's not an emergency. Some people are not good at building the emergency fund up in the first place, Glenn, but I'm sure you got a whole other camp of folks who build it up but then dip into it every once in a while. Well, you're right, Walter. There's there's all kinds of things this when you when you when you see you know folks and you ask them you know well, what do you have in an emergency fund and and you'll you'll get get all kinds of different answers. You know you'll get well you know I don't really have one or maybe I have a few thousand dollars here or you know it's a little bit of money there or and then you know they'll say well you know I have what I do is I make contributions to it every month you know and I have extra money in my paycheck and so I said okay well great then you know that you know what what do you have saved and you know and then again comes back with an answer of well I've got just you know two or three thousand 
thousand dollars. And it's like, well, okay, well, let's take a step back. How long have you been saving, you know, money into this you know, emergency fund? And a lot of times, folks, like you say, they they're kind of taking money out of it, and they they think in terms of, well, I'm putting a couple hundred dollars in there, or whatever that whatever they've budgeted for, maybe two hundred, three hundred, hundred, whatever it might be. But then all of a sudden, like they're kind of taking from it more than they are aware of, and it's not really building to the level it should be. And and most people, you know, you really ought to be thinking in terms of, you know, having an emergency fund that can last you about, you know, six months of your expenses or so. That's kind of one of those things that most people agree on and most most financial planning, uh, you know, kind of, you know, is a default position that you want to have at least that, you know, set aside. You don't want to have, you know, significantly more than that. I mean, if you have significantly more than that, then there's probably some additional places that you could position it, that it could be working for you better. But you definitely want to have, you know, some money there that, you know, if, if something happens and there's a bit of an emergency, you're able to cover it. And then obviously, if you take some money out to cover an emergency, then you want to pay it back. Yeah. And I think these are all things that you can take easy steps to fix today. You know, you can start building that emergency fund right away. You can immediately turn on that 401k match from your employer if you haven't been doing those things. You can immediately look at your budget. Then we have things that are maybe a little bit more difficult than just, you know, flipping a switch or pushing a button, Glenn. Another great way, though, to take luck out of the equation is to prepare for bad streaks in the market. The million-dollar question is, how do you do things like that? Well, that's just it, Walter. And, and you know, it's, it obviously depends, too, on what phase of life you're in. I mean, if you're in your 20s or 30s and you're putting money away and you're, you know, and you're literally decades before you retire, then, you know, you just keep saving and you keep putting the money away. And over time, you know, your dollar cost average and, you know, and, and, and actually it's a kind of a blessing when, when things go down when you're in that phase of life because you have the opportunity to buy more shares at lower prices, right? It's the old dollar cost averaging. But as you approach retirement and, you know, you're within a couple of years of retirement or you're actually in retirement and you're going to be drawing money from those accounts, you know, what you've got to do is you've got to really make sure that you're prepared and you realize, hey, the money that you're going to be drawing from for a period of time needs to be there. It needs to be stable. You need to be able to rely on it. And if, if you have money that's still at risk, then it should be kind of your long term money. You know, it should be out there maybe 10 years or more out so that, you know, if the markets do have a have a bad streak, so to speak, or they, they, they go down or we go through a bear market, then you're not in a place where you have to be drawing money that you're living on, you know, from lowered prices. You know, you want to you want to give give the market cycle time to work for you and just make sure that the, the money that you need for income over the next you know next number of years is there for you and you know that, hey, I don't have to worry about that. I mean, I, I know that that money is going to be stable. And, you know, and, and when you think in terms of ha positioning different buckets of money in different areas, you know, certain money you're going to have for growth, other money that you're going to have for emergency, other monies that you're going to have for, you know, for income for a sustainable period of time. And so, you know, they're all going to be having different jobs. You know, the, the growth money is was out there in the future, you know, and, and so that can have some more volatility and, and to have growth potential. But those other two, you know, where you're talking about drawing income and your emergency fund, there should be very little, if any, volatility in that. And you should be able to depend on those being there when you need them. Those are really important things to remember, Glenn. And I mentioned these are getting a little bit harder to define as we go through them. So uh, 
preparing for bad streaks in the market has a ton of other questions that pop up when we broach that topic. Another tip, though, is to remember that there's no finish line. You know, retirement's not a destination, but rather another phase of life. And, you know, even death doesn't have to be a finish line, Glenn, when it comes to talking about our money, as that can have an impact even, you know, beyond the grave, if you will. Oh, well, you're exactly right, Walter. And and that's a really a great way to put it is that there isn't a finish line, right? Because, you know, you, you are going to, you know, go and, and, and you don't know exactly how long you're going to live. You don't know how long your spouse is going to live. You don't know how long your health is going to be, is going to be good and, and, and so forth. So, you know, you, you have to think of it as like, okay, this is that phase of life that I'm in. And you've been saving, you know, throughout your, you know, your earning years and your younger years to prepare for this. And so that's what that money is there for. And and the idea is, is that you want to make sure that you have enough and that it's going to last. And if you don't have a reliable plan and, and you, that you really, you know, are, are truly, truly confident that your money will last, you know, longer than you will, then it's probably a red flag that you need to be doing something differently about that and educating yourself and possibly sitting down with somebody, you know, who is, you know, really specializes in income planning and, and also in the retirement years. If you walk away, with nothing else from this podcast, this next tip might be the best one, especially in today's environment in terms of entertainment and news and information. Try to tune out the noise. Don't be swayed by financial prognosticators and the gurus out there who are trying to provide entertainment or pushing fear, trying to get you to buy particular products. The list kind of goes on and on there, Glenn. Well, you're right, Walter. There's, um, like you say, what I would call the, the financial entertainers. You know, you, you see them on all the different, you know, shows that are on TV and on radio and different things like that. And, you know, you, you always think in terms of, well, if they're if they're on, you know, paid media, which is normal, right? You know, on a, on, a, on a television program or on a radio program and whatnot, you have to stop, take a step back and say, well, you know, how is this show being paid for? And obviously it's by the advertisers and the sponsors. And typically, they, you know, a lot of times, you know, when you're looking at financial programs, you know, they're financial products that are there. So, you know, you have to ask yourself the question, well, you know, what do you think if the, if the sponsors and the advertisers are paying for this show to be on, you know, from whose perspective are they, is this advice or, or these ideas coming from? And so there's a lot of information that flows out there. So, you know, some good and some is not not as good as others. But what you really have to determine is, is you know, does this apply to you and where you are in your particular situation? And you know, is it going to be useful for you? I mean, typically most of that information that's that's flowing out there is probably not necessarily bad information. But the question is, is that you know, who is it directed at? And and if and if somebody who's delivering it is is kind of saying, oh, this is kind of a one size fits all, or everybody should do this and everybody should do that. Well, you know, common sense tells us that, you know, everybody's in a unique situation and what they need to do is going to be different than the next person. And so you just always have to take, you know, that that information that you hear on you know TV and radio with a grain of salt. It's a great point, I think, there, Glenn. And last but not least, one other tip for you if you're looking to eliminate luck as part of your financial plan and strategy is to build an actual plan, not just a verbal idea of what retirement's going to look like or what you're going to do with your money. But, Glenn, it's all about getting a written plan in place and then sticking to that plan. Well, that's right, Walter. You know, and that's you're going to be doing that, you know, either, you know, if you were a do-it-yourselfer, then, you know, then you want to make sure that you do that, which can be a little bit challenging because, you know, when you're a do-it-yourselfer, you know, the, the accumulation years, I've come across a number of people who have who've done quite well in, in accumulating and saving. 
But then when it comes to, you know, the, the preservation and distribution, it, it becomes a quite a bit more challenging and more difficult because you have a lot of different elements that go into play. You know, you have you have planning for when and how you take Social Security and, and which which accounts do you draw from first, how to taxes, you know, you know, factor into the picture. And some accounts or some types of money are going to be taxed one way and some are going to be a different way. And so you really want to make sure that you've got a plan that you know that you can that you can be fully confident in. And, you know, and, and you may want to consider the idea of, of working with an advisor. At the very least, you should have some meetings with with an advisor to just kind of test your idea, so to speak, if you're really wanting to do things on your own. And sometimes you find out it's like, hey, there's things that you can do and you can actually work with an advisor. And it's not that you're just, you know, completely giving control over it over to the advisor. It's sometimes it's a it's a team effort. And really, that's the best that's the best type of, uh, you know, advisor client relationship that there is as far as I'm concerned, because I always want to make sure that my, my clients are, you know, are on the same page and we're working together rather than, you know, me just telling them what to do. I, I just, I don't think that that's a, a tremendously great idea that folks just say, okay, well, I'm just going to just do whatever they tell me to do. You know, there should be an active process. And, and like I say, be a team effort so that uh, you're on the same page and that you know that, uh, that you're doing what you're supposed to do. And you've come to those decisions, you know, by well rationed thought and, you know, and, and, and just, a decision-making process to know this is what I'm going to do and this is what I want to do. Yeah, it's huge to check off all these different items from the boxes of your retirement planning checklist. But Glenn, I know that it's easier said than done. You got to get that financial plan in place. You talked a little bit about how you help clients kind of navigate some of these waters, but what does that conversation actually look like? What's the process that you use to kind of take us from point A, where maybe we don't have a great emergency fund in place, where we're not prepared for the bad streaks of the market, where we're letting that financial news sort of dictate what we're supposed to be doing a little bit too much. How do you facilitate the conversation? What's your actual process look like and how can someone get started? Well, the main thing, Walter, is, is like you say, you just take action and get started. You know, it's a, it's giving us a call or going onto the website and, you know, and then, and with a few mouse clicks, so you know you can you can schedule some time. And you know the first thing we do is is we we schedule a discovery meeting, and we sit down and we chat, and we have a good conversation about where you are and what your goals are and you know what you'd like to achieve and we really you know begin to explore whether or not it would be a good fit for us to to try to work together or you know just kind of explore what you know what is your current plan you know does it is it solid or or does it have you know does it have some flaws in it or you know is it you know do you have a plan at all and and you know maybe you had a savings plan but maybe you don't have a have an income plan of, of actually what you're going to do and how you're going to do it in retirement so we just take a step back we we start talking Talking and and um, I have a number of questions that I typically ask folks, and that generates some questions on their part, and and then um, as we go, it you know it normally takes you know several meetings. But, um, you know, we end up determining whether or not we're going to work together. You know, sometimes we know the answer to that after the first meeting and, and sometimes it takes a couple, but we only stay in the conversation as long as it makes sense, you know, to keep moving forward. And, you know, it, it's just really like, you, like I said, it's just taking action and deciding, hey, this is something that I really need to, to work on and I need to explore. And so then you just pick up the phone and give us a call. And again, that number to reach Glenn Mosseller and his team at Roadmap Financial Consulting is 336 that is 336-291-3535. You can also find us on greensbororetirement.com. Great thing to point out to you there is that you can actually schedule a time to meet with Glenn and the team by just scrolling down to the bottom of the page. You'll see where it says free consultation, and you can just click 
on that banner, whether you're on your smartphone or your computer, and you can schedule your time to meet with Glenn. You can even uh, specifically say, what kind of meeting do you want to have? Income planning, the whole kit and caboodle, just a social security analysis, if you're just interested in that review of your portfolio, a couple of different options there. But that's going to put you in touch with Glenn and uh, allow you to have that time to meet. Get a free consultation by going to greensbororetirement.com or calling 336-291-3535. That'll do it for this edition of the Retirement Roadmap Podcast. Be sure to join us for the next show when we'll make sure to cover some more important financial and retirement planning topics that relate to you. We're going to talk about keeping it simple next time around.